Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks again for listening. All our new subscribers as well, and everyone who's been sharing on Instagram, we greatly appreciate it. Today, we're going to talk about what can be a little bit of a difficult topic. I think a lot of times people don't want to ask some of the difficult questions, either because they think, well, when I, the moment I begin to ask a question, it sounds stupid. I've had people like, hey, let me ask you a question, Pastor Ryan. Um, so what I was thinking about, and then they start to vocalize it. The moment they get halfway in it, they're like, this is kind of a stupid question. And so people don't want to ask, but this is one that, uh, this is a subject that I believe will help you. So walk with me here. You were born again. And what happened? You became a new creation in Christ. I was born again. I'm, I'm a new creature according to the word of God, but somehow I'm still living in sin. Now what? You know, there's a scripture that talks about if we continue in sin, there's no more sacrifice to be had. And so some of these scriptures, there's this like lingering thought in the back of our mind of like, man, I, I want to be doing better. I don't want to be doing the things that I'm doing, like like Paul in Romans 8. And he's like, these, I'm doing these things that I don't want to do, you know, deep on the inside. I want I want the things of God, but I find myself living this life of, of practicing sin. And so I want to talk to you about your identity and the, 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 the thing that I keep thinking of what is what comes first, the chicken or the egg. You know, as children of God, we have to understand a few things. First of all, when you were born again, you didn't get a second chance. That's not what this is. I wrote a spoken word years ago of, um, uh, called Second Chances, and it talked about how God is the God of second chances and how I've received uh, many second chances, you know, second, third, fourth, but it was all, Lord, you're, you're th- thankful for many second chances. But we didn't receive a second chance at life when we get born again. You have this idea, especially with that phrase, born again, almost like, hey, I was born, I was without sin. Somewhere when I was three or two, I put my hand in the cookie jar and I broke it and I was headed to hell from that moment forward. And then you get born again and you almost get another chance. Like, all right, cool. So now I'm born again. I get this chance to like not sin. But then you find yourself, especially if you were raised in the church, like you, for me, I got born again when I was two years old. I went up to my first altar call at three years old. And then I find myself as a teenager just practicing sin, right? And then I'm like, man, I'm supposed to be the one who's avoiding these things. Maybe I didn't get into stuff that other people did. My sins weren't as bad, right? We could say those things. Um, but here I am. So now what? We need to understand that when we were born again, we didn't, we didn't get a second chance. We became a different race. I'll say that again. When you got born again, you didn't get a second chance. You became a second race. The Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's describing. Imagine that someone saying, hey, they've discovered life on another planet. What happened is when Jesus Christ uh, gave his life, he opened up the doors for there to be another race on planet earth. And those are called Christians. Those are the ones who are born again, born as a child of God. I want to say this, if you're taking notes, righteousness is persistent. You could be sinning and you are still righteous. Go with me on this. I know sometimes we people will be like, are you getting into heresy here? What are you talking about? You can still be sinning. You can still be making mistakes and your, your nature is still that of a righteous person. You know, a king can eat in a dumpster and he's still a king. Someone doesn't have to behave like royal to be, royalty to be royalty. They were born that way. 
And so when you were born again, you were born again as the child of God, as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Actually, the only way that you can become not righteous is if you don't continue in righteousness, is if you don't continue in the things of God. You know, that's the reality. For some people, there's different doctrines of beliefs that come out of it. Once saved, always saved. If you accept Jesus, you can do whatever. There's even doctrines that have come, and I'm going to read you a scripture in 1 John 3, 1 John 3, 9, and it's been very well abused, this scripture, to say things like, well, you know, once you've repented, God doesn't see any of your sins in the future. They're pre-forgiven, which is just garbage because the Bible says, it, he's a letter to the church and says, confess your faults. You know, there's some, there's people in the Corinthian church that Paul's saying, I'm going to turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. There's definitely a, hey, when you make a mistake, you still need to humble your heart. That's the thing that King David did is when he sinned against God, he humbled his heart. But to understand that your nature actually changed, you are righteous. Listen, you have to get this. The first, I firmly believe this, that before you win any victories in the kingdom of God, victories in the areas of your health, victory in all these areas, it's winning the victory over sin. God wants, God, hear me, God wants every Christian to walk sin-free. It is possible to walk sin-free. There's power that's given, that's been made available to us to walk completely sin-free for the rest of our life. God has given us the sword of the spirit. He's given us the shield of faith. He's given us the, the armor. He didn't ever say, hey, by the way, even with all this stuff, there's going to attack, come attacks from the devil and you're going to fall into sin. It's inevitable. No, he didn't. He said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The language is strong. Be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. The language in the Bible is very strong to the point that we can and we should as Christians live sin free. I'm going to do a podcast in the future and kind of parallel the the similarities between sin and sickness. So I won't take up too much, but it's the same way. I heard Kenneth Hagin say this, but I'll say the same thing. I firmly believe every Christian Every single Christian should never be sick, not once in their life, once they get born again. Why? Because Jesus paid for sickness. Did he pay for your sin? Then your sins are forgiven. Did he pay for your sickness? Then he bore those too. That's for a different podcast. But you are righteous. So even if you're living in sin, your nature is righteousness. You just haven't caught up. The Bible says reckon yourself. That means consider yourself dead to sin. If I said, hey, you know, they were digging through public records and they found out that you come from the lineage of this, this, and this, and you've inherited, you know, Long Island belongs to you. Two-thirds of the property of Long Island belongs to you. And overnight, you're made a hundred millionaire, billionaire, whatever. You could still wake up tomorrow and eat a bag of Doritos. You could eat absolute garbage and you could still eat nonsense, right? You could have a a billion dollars to your name and you could still eat nonsense because you haven't accessed it. You could still be broke. I remember hearing a story about a man who was a poor guy living in New York and he had he got an apartment. He like begged and he got an apartment and they ended up founding, finding him and he had starved to death because he was eating. He wasn't eating. And they found $100,000 tucked under his mattress. He was so nervous to lose money that he wouldn't spend any money on food and he starved to death. And he's got $100,000. You have the power. You have the ability, the power. You have what you need from Jesus. You're not waiting on him to deliver you from sin. 
you, you have the authority and the power and the tools you need to walk free from sin. You just haven't learned how to use them yet. So you are righteous. Your mind just haven't been made up. Your hands just haven't figured it out. Even in your sin, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Man, you're just tripping. You just lost it. You're acting out of your old identity. So don't let the devil fool you because what the devil wants to do is he wants to steal your identity. You know, if you know that your royalty and what you have access to, you're going to use it. But he'll try to trip you up here and he'll get you acting. He'll get you comparing yourself to other Christians who aren't on fire for the Lord. Well, they listen to this music. Yeah, but let's, let's talk plainly here. There's music that feeds your spirit. And then there's music that feeds your soul. You, man, you listen to nonsense music for an hour and you're like, man, I just want to go hang out with a girl and have a good time. And you get into the worldly mindset. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible says, set your affection on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Oh, Pastor Ryan, don't be religious. It's just music. No, I'm serious. I hear teenagers, 13 year olds, and they're listening to Kid Cudi and they're listening to Drake and they're listening to... Man, stuff that doesn't, if it doesn't, we used to say this in sales. There's nothing neutral in sales. It's either hurting you or it's helping you. There's nothing neutral. And I believe it's the same for music. It's either hurting you or it's helping you. And you can't try to tell me that Kid Cudi or Jay-Z or one of these people are helping your walk with God. That has to be your focus. You have to be, you have to be on task about these things. But um, being born again isn't, an, isn't at a shot to not sin. It's born as a new race. Your identity is righteous, so it's up to you to let your actions cap, catch up with that reality. The Bible says to resist the devil. So practically speaking, how does this work? Resist. Why are you still sinning? Why are you still living in this life of sin? The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. It says flee youthful lusts. For many of you, you hang out with youthful lusts. You hang. You put yourself in a position where you have to exercise self-control. If you put yourself in a position on a daily, weekly, whatever basis where you have to exercise self-control, and you, if you put yourself alone with an iPad in the early hours of the morning, you're going to run it as a teenager with, with hormones, as a young adult with hormones, right? You're going to run into some issues. You have to flee youthful lusts. I tell people, when the devil tempts you to do something, especially in the area of, of your sexuality, if the devil tempts you to do something, run in the opposite direction and actually run into the word of God. You know, when, when, the, when the temptation comes, it isn't just about, oh, I'm not going to do that. Because ultimately, the gravitational pull of that thing gets strong and it pulls you back. It's saying, all right, devil, every time you tempt me to do this, I'm going to read the scriptures. I'm going to memorize the scripture. And the devil's going to leave you alone. When you have all of the, when you have John chapter one, the first chapter memorized, and every time you're reciting scripture, what are you doing? Your mom's like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm resisting temptation, praise God. Man, people, you, you have to look at sin like this thing is trying to take you out. It's actually saying to the devil, I'm going to leave the front door open. You can come in. That's what sin is doing in your life. And so God has given you the power. The Bible says to reckon yourselves dead to sin. So the first thing that has to understand, you have to understand as a Christian, you are righteous. When God looks at you, he's given you the identity of a righteous person. So first John chapter three says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I'm going to skip down here. And it says, verse three, 
It says, um, well, let me just read it. Verse two, beloved, now are we the sons of God. So there's our identity, the righteousness of God, the sons of God. We are the sons of God. How do you think this, how did God act? How do you think the sons of God act? We're not the first. Who is the first son of God? Jesus, right? Sons of God. Well, Adam and then Jesus, but sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for shall we shall see him as he is. And listen to this in verse three, every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So just as Jesus is pure, it's up to you to purify yourself. The word of God does it. You can, you know, you can actually wash your mind to the point where those things, those images that you have in your head, they won't be there anymore. The, The word will come and scrub your mind free of those things. It's amazing. Verse four, whosoever commits sins transgresses also the law for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. So he was manifested to take away our sins. Those are our individual actions, right? So they're not between you and God anymore. Verse six, whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sins not, excuse me, whosoever sins has not seen him, neither knows him. What do you mean? It says that if I'm a Christian, if I abide in him, that I'm not going to sin, but I've been sinning and I've been a Christian and I'm still sinning. What's going on? People get confused over this verse. It says, whosoever abides in him. So as you abide in the word of God, the Bible in Psalm 119 says, Hide, I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. You get radical about doing the things of God and not just avoiding wrong things. Man, you're going to see such a breakthrough. Abiding isn't just like, oh, I'm a Christian now and I go to church on Sundays. It's like choosing to live full out for Jesus. There is victory. And ultimately, the question becomes, what is heaven worth to you? Man, I'm not going to take a chance on 80 years here on this earth for all eternity missing heaven and not doing it. Oh, but everyone else, I don't care what anyone else is doing. The Bible says a narrow is the, the, narrow is the, the path that leads to life and few there are that find it, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. It's not difficult to go to hell. It's actually easy. Hell is the default. You you go to heaven on purpose by, by purposing in your heart that you'll be there. Verse seven, little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Verse eight, he that commits sin, that word commits actually means he that practices sin is of the devil. So as a child of God, it's he's saying here that if you persist in sin, you're showing that you haven't actually become the righteousness of God. You haven't been renewed to your real identity. And that, and that identity can slip away. You can actually become un, unregenerate, right? You can lose your salvation. And so that's what it's saying there. It's if time will tell, if you continue to practice sin, you will actually lose sight of this. And so it's something where there's a, there's a time that you have to say, I'm going to slay this, slay the dragon. And then verse nine, um, well, verse eight, for the, for the, for this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit or practice sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. You know, as a child of God, living up to your true nature. You can't sin because your heart is pure. You're all out for God. You can't continue in sin. You can't practice sin. He's saying, hey, a fruit is known, a tree is known by its fruit. As children of God, God has given you the identity. So the first thing you have to notice, know is I am righteous. This is a difficult subject and I understand it. If you're in a place where you say, man, I, I need help, you can reach out. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I want to see people walk in victory. And that's what these podcasts are for ultimately is to see people come into a place of understanding. Because if you don't know who you are, 
you'll keep on tripping, you'll keep on acting a fool, you'll keep on just doing the same things over and over again. But it's time that there's people who stand up and say, I don't care what anyone else is doing. People are between 10 o'clock and midnight doing nonsense that's leading them into sin. I'm going to be in the Word of God until I beat this thing. I'm going to be in the Word of God. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to take two weeks and just just chop the de- chop this, this dragon's head off in my life. Amen? Let me pray for you. Lord, bless every listener. Let this be an amazing week for them. I thank you, Lord, for helping them, giving them the power to beat sin. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.